Unscripted, unfiltered, unapologetic. G Marie Taught Me strives to help single women like myself excel in navigating through all kinds of relationship problems, i.e., dating, family, friends, maintaining good mental health practices, all while balancing a career, a business, and everyday life. This is G Marie, and you are now tuning in to G Marie Taught Me, the podcast. What is up, everybody? Thank you all so much for tuning in to G Marie Taught Me, the podcast. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to thank everybody for listening and for getting caught up on all of the latest episodes. Thank you all for your love and your support. All of the comments that you guys leave under uh, my Instagram and my other social media platforms and just um, sending words of encouragement. Uh, again, thank you all so much for tuning in and for rocking with me for this long. Today's episode is um, episode 37 titled No Disrespect. So I'm going to open up with a quote uh, that was inspired by the book. Uh, no Disrespect is a book written and self-published by an author by the name of Sister Soja. Um, Sister Soja was really, really popular during the 90s and the early, early 2000s. And um, I feel like her work is really, really still relevant. And when I was growing up, uh, I would always read The Coldest Winter Ever. Like, I think I read that book maybe two or three times in middle school. And um, this was during a time where, you know, fictional books or non-fictional books written by African-American authors uh, wasn't really heard of or um, the type of literature that was written by these authors um, you know it really wasn't talked about as much and then I was really young too so the the type of literature that I read especially at my age was very advanced <laughs> for my age but um, I want to open up with a quote by uh, the amazing sister soldier um, to be a real man or a woman you got to know what you believe in. You got to understand that your actions have consequences and that they are connected to everything that you are. So the reason why I opened up with that quote, um, obviously because of the title of today's podcast. Um, it took me a minute to actually sit and record this episode because I had to get my mind right for this episode simply because I'm going to share a story with you all um, that happened to me over the week. Uh, so yeah, let, let's get into it. So not too long ago, like earlier, not even earlier last week, maybe in the middle of the week, I was on my way to an account visit and um, I just gotten some lunch and I stopped by Starbucks just to kind of knock out, you know, these last two account visits that I had to do for my job. And when I was on my way to maybe my second to last account, a commercial vehicle sped out from one of the plazas here in Southfield, well, Farmington, Michigan, which is kind of like the suburban area of Metro Detroit. And I stay out here and well, I'm not going to tell y'all, but I'm, I'm out here in the suburban area. So again, I was on my way to this account and this commercial vehicle 
jetted in front of me, which caused me to, you know, hit my brakes. So of course, what I did was I went around the vehicle and I got in front of the vehicle so I wouldn't miss my turn. Now, mind you, um, to be honest, I wasn't anywhere near the commercial vehicle, but I noticed when I was at the stop sign that the gentleman that was driving the commercial vehicle was taking down my information. Now, for me, my whole thing or my whole issue with that is I knew that I was in the right of way when I was on my way to my account, one. And two, I watched how he was driving. He was driving crazy, like obnoxious. So I pulled up next to his vehicle and I said, excuse me, sir, um, I see that you're taking my information down when in fact, you actually cut me off at the last light and I had to hit my brakes from hitting the back of your truck. So I don't understand why you're taking down my information. Of course, he flicked me flicked me off, had an attitude, you know, um, yelling obscenities and everything else. And we ended up stopping at the other stop sign and we exchanged, you know, words. He was cussing at me and eventually my temper got to a point where I was like, listen, like, you know, you disrespected me, it's uncalled for, you cut me off, yada, yada, yada. You know, the story continues. So, before I can really go into detail, let me just tell you what the person who was driving the vehicle, because I don't even think I can use the word gentleman. I'm using that word very loosely, looked like. Number one, he was a Caucasian male, um, heavy set. He had a red beard with red hair, and I think he had on glasses with an orange, kind of like an orange highlighter color shirt. And he was the driver. The passenger was African-American, uh, slim built, probably six foot tall. But the guy that was driving the vehicle was a little bit heavy set, and he might have been maybe three or four inches taller than me. Now, again, I drive a 2012 Jeep Liberty, so my truck was a lot shorter than his vehicle, his commercial vehicle. I don't know what it is that these two men do as far as their profession but I was in my vehicle the guy exchanged words with me when in fact he was wrong I exchanged words right back so as a result the guy tells me fuck you bitch and he throws a McDonald's cup inside of my vehicle while my window was down and the liquid that was inside of the McDonald's cup, and it was a big cup, it splattered on me, it splattered on my coat, it splattered on the inside of my vehicle, it got on my work stuff, and it also got on the outside of my vehicle. Mind you, I am on a busy street. When he did that to me, that was probably the first time. And, and, and mind you, I've dealt with people yelling obscenities at me and, you know, flicking me off or whatever. I, I don't care. Do what you got to do. But the minute somebody throws something at you, 
And I mean, he threw it hard. It hit my face and then fell on the ground. I was so shocked. I was so baffled. I was so disgusted. I was disappointed. I was hurt. I felt violated. And so many other emotions that ran through my body in that moment. And I saw him speed off after throwing the um, large beverage in my car. That was when he had me fucked up. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's funny now, but at that time, I could not laugh. I could not laugh. I felt my body fill with heat, with anger, with confusion, with frustration, with everything that you could possibly think of in that moment. Because no disagreement about whether or not, you know, if a person was driving correctly or, or incorrectly, it should never get to that point where a man disrespects violates and assaults a woman he sped off and of course because i did not have his license plate i proceeded to follow him he tried ducking and dodging every which way and at that point i became a race driver i followed him I got his information. And what makes it so bad is that he really thought he was just, you know, ducking and dodging me when in fact he wasn't ducking and dodging me. He ended up back on Northwestern Highway, which is a main street that um extends right before you hop on the John C. Lodge here in Detroit. So I finally got his information. I'm trying to speed off and this man blocks me in an intersection so I can make my turn. He turns his car off and he blocks me in. I can't go left, I can't go right. So after this happened, after I finally got his information, I, I didn't get a chance to actually take a picture of his face. I, I was able to pull over to another street, um, Middle Belt, and called 911 because I didn't even know what to call that situation, period, because I'd never been in a situation like that. Um, I know you all are going to say you need to be more careful because you could have gotten hurt. You are absolutely correct. But unfortunately, I needed to get his information and I needed to remember everything about that truck, who was in the truck what he was wearing, what he looked like. I needed all of that information because I needed to be able to report as much information as possible to the police. So because Northwestern Highway, um, it runs so far. So it runs out to Farmington Hills. It, it intersects with Southfield, Michigan. And then, you know, you go right on the lodge. So we were in between Farmington and Southfield. But technically this happened um, in Farmington, in Farmington Hills. So I called 911. I made the report. And 
when I finally finished making the report and trying to remember exactly like where I was at in the, the in-between streets, that's when I finally broke down. In that moment, that was probably the most defenseless I felt since I was a kid. I grew up and I went to a middle school that was, um, first I went to a private middle school and then I ended up transferring to a public middle school. And for like that, that year, my seventh grade year, I was bullied. I was bullied because I was a quiet girl. I kept to myself, I did my work and I always had on the latest gear. And sometimes I would get my stuff or like, you know, especially cause I was a gym shoe head and I would get my stuff before it was even released. So I would go to Canada and get my stuff. Um, and I got bullied a lot because, you know, it's not that I grew up in money. I, I never grew up in a family that was rich. My dad had a good job. My mom had a good job and they taught me the value of a dollar. So I also worked, you know, and, and took care of my stuff too. So if I really wanted something, I would work for it and I would go get it. But people saw me as a know-it-all. Uh, people thought that I thought I was better than everybody else. And then on top of that, because I was um, very educated and articulate, oftentimes I was called, you know, white. <laughs> a lot of people said I talk white, whatever that meant. But um, to go back to the story. So in that moment, obviously, you know, being bullied as a kid and, and knowing that for every reaction, there is a consequence, you know? So I, I, I lost all level headedness. I, I was so hurt. I was so heated. Um, I was, you know, shooken up about the situation because again, at the end of the day, I'm trying to follow this guy to get his information and anything could have played out. I could have, I could have gotten killed, whatever. But instead, after making the police report and finally um, waiting for Farmington police to meet me where I was at, cause I had to like find an address. So I was in front of somebody's um, townhome. So I just stayed there for about 10 minutes in my car. And I just, I looked at my, you know, my coat. I looked at my face. I looked at, the inside of my vehicle and it was just sticky it was a sticky mess the only thing i can say um the only positive thing i can say that actually came out of this was i was going to detail my car and i'm so glad i didn't detail my car that week so now i have to really sit here and detail my car i still haven't even cleaned everything out of my car yet because i've just been really busy so the driver's side is really really sticky but I waited for Farmington to come. Um, I made the report. I gave them all of the information and it was, you know, two gentlemen or whatever. And I, I called my mother, and my father, and I was so upset. I even, I, I was cursing when I was on the phone with my parents, both of my parents. And I do my absolute best to not use profanity around my parents. But in that moment, I was just like, you know, he, he really had me fucked up. He had me fucked up. And I wasn't even crying then when I was on the phone with my parents. I didn't cry until I finally finished making the police report because the level of disrespect that women face on a regular is so absurd. Um, I tried looking up the statistics of assault and battery. 
uh, for African-American women. And I didn't find as much information. It was more so about, you know, domestic violence and sexual abuse. But just the fact that women are disrespecting on the regular and it is seen as normal. The fact that that other man that was sitting on the driver's side with his own, I mean, on the passenger side with his coworker, the fact that he let him do that as a black man, as a black man, you let another man disrespect a black woman the way that he did. And it did not help his case because he was a Caucasian male and he tried his absolute best to use his white privilege against me once the cops were able to track his truck. I still do not know the name of the company that he was driving for, but when I find out, it, it's just it's gonna be a rainy day, okay? It's gonna be a rainy day in California. Um, or should I say it's gonna be a snowy day in Texas because it barely snows in Texas. So, obviously, the guy who assaulted me, he lied. He he lied on me. Um, and just the way that he even fabricated his story, he told the police that he felt that I was a threat to him and he was in fear of his life, that I chased him all around the Southfield Farmington area and that he was holding his cup that had lemon water in it because he had a cold. He was waving it and it fell out of the truck. Now, mind you, if I show you the pictures, you can already tell that this motherfucker was lying about not throwing the cup in my vehicle. Now, the, the juice that he was drinking, it obviously it dried up on my work uniform. Well, my dress that I had on because I really don't wear a uniform it also you know dried up on my coat but you can definitely see the residue inside of my car so I made sure that I took plenty of pictures so that way when I do press charges because I am pressing charges uh, for assault and battery I didn't even know that it was even called assault and battery until the cop told me and explained to me in detail, like you, you can press charges um, because he had no reason to even throw that shit in your car. No reason. And then to lie about it and to try to use your white privilege to get you off. <laughs> okay, sure. So I, I wanna say this to say, number one, I am not prejudiced. I am not racist. I'm, I'm none of that. But I will tell you this. Um, I can't even say that he was racist. And if he was, it was an underlying racism. But not only that, I feel like he's he's done something similar to that extent before and just didn't get caught. And I guess he thought that I wouldn't make the report as quickly as I did. Now, the first time I almost didn't make a report, 
about being assaulted was when I was sexually assaulted at age 14 by a 50 year old man. Um, he, he, he's a pedophile. He, he was definitely a pedophile because it wasn't the first time this older man tried violating me. Um, he had violated me about three or four times and I didn't, I couldn't really connect the two because when somebody, um, is either a friend of the family and they show a certain amount of compassion towards you, you take it as compassion. You never look at it as no, it was very inappropriate how he touched you. It was very inappropriate at some of the things that he may have said to you. Um, when your parents were not around, but I almost made the mistake at not pressing charges against that guy when I was a kid, because I was so scared that I would get blamed for what he did or that I would get in trouble. And to be honest, I was put in that same position. I, I, I immediately went back to my 14 year old self after that happened to me. Now, even though it wasn't sexual assault, it still put me in a place where I felt the most vulnerable. Again, I've dealt with mofos cussing at me, threatening me. I've, I've gotten into fights <laughs> with people. Um, I've had a drink thrown on me before at a club. And that, that's a whole other story too. Um, <laughs> but I, like I said, I, I've dealt with my fair share of people just, you know, disrespecting me. But this one probably took the cake for me. Um, only because it is sad and it is disgusting that a, a woman of color can't use her voice to stand up for what is right and what is wrong. In that moment, he was absolutely incorrect for what he did. And mind you, he was driving a work vehicle. So he could have gotten in trouble off of the strength of the fact that he was speeding on a work street and I almost hit the back of his car. His his commercial vehicle is much taller than my truck. So if I would have hit the back of that vehicle, the um bumper probably would have went through my windshield. So I was trying to avoid all of that together. So mind you, I am frustrated because this man is trying to pin something on me when in fact I didn't even do anything. I was just minding my own business trying to, you know, get to my bag, secure my bag. And then to assault me in the way that he did and then to lie about it to a cop what's well, to two cops and in that moment you know I was just like my mind was everywhere and I was trying to refocus because I felt myself having a panic attack in that moment um I have really bad anxiety and and I really I try not to like take any medicine for it because it is so bad at times and I had to, you know, keep myself from just losing all control. And to know what it is that I am trying to do and what it is that I am trying to accomplish in my life, I knew that there are repercussions for certain actions that you take. Now, 
In that moment, I wasn't G. Marie when I was following him to get his information. I was Gabrielle Marie Smith. I was a black woman. I was a black female who was tired of being disrespected, especially by men. I was a woman who was put in a compromising situation. And instead of me chickening out, I finally stood up for myself. Instead of me hiding in a corner or blaming myself for what the other person did, I I used my voice. And even while using my voice, I still felt like I wasn't being heard. Now, the cops, you know, they have to do things a certain way also. But in that time, one of the cops, the only thing he could think of was... When I was explaining to him where the incident happened, the guy who assaulted me told him it was in Farmington. And I guess I told the cop it was closer to Southfield because I could not remember the street. But the guy who was driving the commercial vehicle ended up turning down Middle Belt and I turned down Middle Belt, but I wasn't following him. I didn't even see his vehicle go down Middle Belt. So the cop automatically assumed that something wasn't adding up because we both ended up on the same street probably five or ten minutes apart from each other so it looked like i was following him or that i was the one that was escalating the situation and it took for my father to have to interject because again i still felt like my voice wasn't being heard and i was getting frustrated and i was getting so frustrated to the point where i started yelling at the cop i started yelling at both the cops because my whole thing was all you are hearing is that I turned down middle belts to just get out of the way and to, and to make the report and that I was on my way to my account. I was trying to get out the way. But the cop's response was, well, your account was up Northwestern Highway and you need to keep straight up Northwestern Highway and then come off of um, come up off of, I think, nine mile or something. But. In that moment, I'm like, you're not listening to anything that I'm trying to explain to you. I was fucking assaulted by a man who was twice my size and he had the nerve to tell you all that he was in fear of his life, that he thought that maybe I may have had a gun or something. I was holding a venti chai latte, iced chai latte at that from Starbucks when I was trying to get my shit together and go to my account. I didn't throw anything at him. I barely used any profanity until he threw that fucking cup on me. So I say all this to say that it still seems like the Malcolm X quote is still relevant. And that the most disrespected woman in America is the black woman. The most unprotected human being in America is the black woman. And in that moment, I did not feel protected by the cops. 
And I'm, I'm glad that my father was there because he is a retired DPD sergeant. So I wouldn't have even been able to explain what I needed to explain without receiving a mansplanation from two men who were never in my shoes or have never experienced what I've experienced as a black woman in America. So that moment was just one of the many moments that I've experienced growing up black in America and being a female at that and the amount of disrespect that is faced on the regular. On the regular. All you can hear is that I turned down middle belt and the vehicle happened to turn down middle belt also. But you missed everything else that happened in that moment. You missed that I am sitting here drenched in somebody else's liquids, sticky as hell. All of my work stuff is sticky. My entire fucking car is sticky. And the only thing you can think about is the fact that I turned down the same street as that vehicle, maybe two or three minutes after. When in fact, I was just trying to get the fuck out of the way and find a remote location so that the dispatcher could locate me and so that the cop car could locate me. In this moment, I, I still don't know how to feel. Um, I And like I said, I, I really had to sit down and gather my thoughts because that day I was just so disgusted with how that entire event or scenario played out and how it was me against them. I could have lost my life trying to stand up for what was right. I could have been assaulted even um, worse than what, what happened in that moment. Like anything could have transpired. But in that moment for me, it was about finding my voice. That's all it was about. It was about being a 30-year-old black female in America who was tired and fed up of the amount of disrespect that she has faced on a regular basis. I... I, I, I still I don't know I don't I don't know how to feel um, but this is definitely going to be a long process because I still haven't talked to the detective yet so I've been waiting for the detective to call me so I should probably be getting a call pretty soon um, so we can make arrangements to press charges against the guy that did what he did but it's amazing how you know men can abuse women the way that they do or, or, or assault women and hit women the way that they do. And some people just look past that shit like, oh, you know, it, it's, it's, he has a, a, a mental health issue or, or it's his anger. But then to use your white privilege on top of that to try to justify what the fuck you did to me while I'm sitting here with the evidence. But somehow the blood is on my hands. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I still don't understand. And the same scenario happened too when I did press charges against the older guy when I was 14 when he tried when he basically tried to rape me and I was able to get out of where I was at in enough time 
so it wouldn't happen. But the the cops said they didn't have enough evidence to prosecute him. They didn't have enough evidence. I still think that's a bunch of bullshit. Only because he didn't physically penetrate me, but he still left a wrist mark and a scratch on my leg. Now, mind you, I had on basketball shorts and a football jersey. And this man told the cops that I was coming on to him. I, I, I was coming on to him. I, I don't I don't see how a tomboy dressed the way that I was dressed could come on to an older man the way that he described it. So to um to backtrack to today's episode it's it's sad that you know this is even a topic of discussion. It's sad that I still had to gather my thoughts and go on about my week as if nothing happened. I still had to, you know, get my ass up and go to work and do what I had to do to make sure, you know, my shit was taken care of. And I think about just the amount of shit that women in general endure and how we're able to literally clean ourselves up in the midst of our own sorrow and our own pain and we still rise to the occasion it fucking amazes me it amazes me how my grandmother my grandmother my mother's mom was left for dead in her own house she was robbed beaten and raped she had a stroke and she was left in her house for three days and she survived that shit it amazes me that my mother went off to college at a young age at at 16 and was threatened her third day at the university by a serial killer And she got out in just enough time. And the man was prosecuted because he was, in fact, going around killing mostly African-American women on campus at Michigan State. This was in 74. So if you ever want to look up um, Michigan State killings of 74, it, it might pop up on Google. But it amazes me that It is sad that these things have happened to my own family, but somehow we still come out resilient. It's amazing. My sister, who was in um, college, she was an RA, and somebody overdosed on her shift and died. And somehow she was put at fault and she was arrested and my mother and her had to drive back and this was her last semester and they had to fight that case when i think about the women that are in my life that have experienced their own version of assault and to see their resilience despite the hurt the shame 
the 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 feeling of wanting to to shut down to cry to yell to scream but somehow we've managed to pick ourselves up and to keep going no matter what i come from a line of some strong ass women and in that moment although that assault may have been a minor setback compared to all the things that my mother and my grandmother and my sister have endured I knew that <laughs> that wasn't a time for me to be weak it just wasn't I couldn't be weak and although as as women we are we're emotional beings we cannot help it we cannot help it but I did not want to be perceived as weak in that moment because I have experienced so many um, scenarios of weakness. And the older you get, the more you realize that um, sometimes you don't have time to cry about it. You have to put your big girl panties on. You have to do what you have to do to stand up for what it is that you believe in. Even if that means possibly getting killed. So, I'm sorry that today's episode had to be really heavy. But, to all of my women that are out there that have ever experienced something similar to this. uh, I want you all to go on my website. Um, www.gmarietaughtme.com and all the way at the bottom there's an Ask G. Marie comment section I want you all to just shoot me your stories because I feel like this is a discussion that needs to be continued I feel like this is something that it, it, it might be talked about every so often but it really isn't talked about because the thing is people are so tired of hearing about the truth People are so tired of having to actually sit here and endure the amount of shit that women face on a regular. And and not to say that men don't face, you know, any type of hardships on a regular, but women, especially women of color, we go through some things. Okay. We, we go through some shit and we literally get up and dust ourselves off and we keep going when we shouldn't keep going. So, I want you all to shoot me your stories. Um, and you can also shoot me an email at hello at gmarietaughtme.com if, you know, you feel like you really have to share a lot of information. But I do want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, I really, I don't have any advice to give on this situation because... I just feel like I just needed to tell my story because I know that there are women out there who may have experienced some type of similar situation and may be scared to use their voice to stand up for themselves. And even though I I almost didn't want to share this experience with you all, I knew that I needed to share it with you all, not to victimize my, my situation, but to let people know that this shit is real and it still happens and it's only going to get worse if we don't try to target 
the people that enjoy doing this shit and, and keep getting away with it. So, I thank you all so much for tuning in to G Marie Taught Me. And you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also visit our website. But again, I, I really thank you all so much for um, for letting me share this information with you because you know you you start a podcast because you want to inspire people. But um, besides everything else that's happened, I think this is probably the most vulnerable I've felt in a while about just things happening in my life in general. Uh, I tend to be a private person. What I choose to share, I choose to share it from a place of healing and to help others. Uh, in this this situation, like I said, it sucks that it had to happen, but it needed to be talked about. So... Thank you all for tuning in to G Marie Taught Me. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Today's episode is powered by G Marie Media LLC.